I want to speak about Nathan. Nathan in the Bible is, appears as not only a noun, but also a verb. But we need the noun in order to receive the verb. And I want to start off with some scriptures, some verses. Those of you that know me, I'm a teacher, and I love teaching the word. Um, and in 30 minutes, I'm going to try to deposit into your spirit what probably is going to be kind of difficult. But um, it's recorded, so I'm sure you guys can go back and register and, you know, go through it again. Amen. So let's start breaking this down. And once again, I'm so proud, of, so grateful to be here and proud of my family for always backing me up and you guys for being here. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. We're transitioning from the church I used to pastor, um, 70, 80 young adults to this church. So that's going to be a blessing for you guys. And we're doing that from our hearts. We are not casting anybody out because the Lord had laid on my wife's heart and my heart to transition over to Alpha and Omega and come under my pastor's covering, which we've been under his covering. But we're going to be here, serving here. So bless the Lord for that. Amen. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Okay, let's get into the word quickly. I want some, the first three verses, I'm going to be ministering out of these three verses, and I want everybody's focused on this because I believe the Lord wants to do something great in our lives. And um, I'm going to be reading from my Bible because it's going to be kind of quick what I'm trying to, I'm going to try to develop here. Can I get those verses up or no? Yes? There you go. You guys can follow me there. I'm going to start off with Acts 13 through 22. Remember the title, Nathan, my reward. Acts 13, 22 says, and when he had removed him, he raised up unto them David to be their king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Say my will. My will, very important word. We'll get back to it in a minute. Matthew 6.10, another familiar verse, more than the first verse we read. Matthew 6.10 says, thy kingdom come, thy will, say will, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the end verse, which I'll be using, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 20, I mean 13. 2 Samuel 12.13. It says, and David said unto Nathan, say Nathan, 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 I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also has put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Wow. Father, we thank you. We magnify you. We thank you, precious Holy Spirit, for your presence in our midst. I pray, Father, that you impart wisdom and revelation to the heart of each and every one of my brothers and sisters hearing, Lord, today. Speak to us. We're ready to receive in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Okay, let's try to break this down. But first, before I begin, I need to speak to you about a prophet. What is a prophet in the Bible? I mean, you know when you invite a prophet to the church, the church gets filled. Right or wrong? Because a prophet is coming. Everybody wants to hear the prophet. And we believe that the prophet always has a word for us. And that's all good. However, it's, something, it's very important for us to know that 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says, We have the more sure word of prophecy. That's very important because not everybody that has the gift 
of prophecy or is in the office of prophet is going to say what God wants you to hear. There's people that are like Balaam that they're seduced by the offering of divination. If you give me a good offering, I will speak to your heart. Are you guys hearing me? I just want you. I, I, I want to get to the point in this message to try to get you to understand that it's not so much about the vessel, but about Christ yeah. speaking into our lives. There's many prophets that speak based on what Moses spoke and what Elijah spoke. And the Bible says that the law and the prophets were unto Christ. Then the kingdom is being. Are oh, you guys hearing me? This is Luke 16, 16. I'm going to go very slow, and, and when I go very slow, it's an issue for me because I'm a very fast speaker when it comes to the word. But I really, really feel my heart since this morning that I was praying about a message for this church that the Lord deposited this into my spirit. And it's very important. So I want to read a couple of verses here. You don't have to go on the screen. Most of you know it. A couple of verses, just three or four verses. Mark 6, 4 says, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country. And among his own kin. And in his own house. Verse 5. And he could there do no mighty work. Save that he laid his hands upon a few and healed them. He couldn't do nothing in his hometown. Why? Verse 6. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. Now, why did I touch this verse? Because like I said in the beginning, you know, we, every pastor is called to prophesy. Every pastor is called to teach. Not every teacher pastors and not every teacher prophesies. Although Paul said we can all prophesy. But the office of a prophet is so important in the Bible. Unfortunately, it's misleading when you don't have true knowledge of truth. And this is what I mean with this. Remember, in the Old Testament, the Bible says in Hebrew chapter 1, verse 3, God spoke through the, to the fathers through the prophets. But today he speaks through the Son. You got to understand this. This is very important. God speaks today through his son. Through his son. And when we quote 2 Peter 1.19, Peter is speaking in reference to the encounter he had when Jesus, with Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17 and Luke chapter 9. He said, I was there. I saw and I heard the voice. But God said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So God is saying we must hear the word that's spoken through Christ. In other words, in the Old Testament, we have a lot of verses, a lot of words that came forth through prophets. But then we have Jesus like correcting them. And you're like, but why did God correct them? There's a key verse in the Bible which many of us might have read it, but maybe don't understand it. In John chapter 1, verse 18, Jesus says, no one has seen the Father. But the son. And I had an issue with that verse. Why I had an issue with that verse? Because when you study the Bible in the Old Testament, God revealed himself five times in the Old Testament to men. 
And I said, Lord, but why are you saying this? Is Jesus not lying? There has to be something hidden behind this. When you read the context, you realize in verse 14, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Glory of the only begotten. The word begotten is monogene. Monogenes means monogene. It's a compound word. Mono means only. One. Gene means genetics. The only one that revealed the genetic of the father because he's the only one that heard clearly through his ears. It's not that God didn't speak. It's not that God was not revealed to man. It's that man did not hear correctly to see God the way Jesus saw him. And then in verse 12, I love it because verse 12 says, To those that received him and believed, he gave them power to become. In other words, to become sons of God. He's saying you have to become like me. But in order for you to become like me and reveal the genetics of the father, you must hear me. Because I heard the father, no man before me has heard him like I heard him. That's enough to go home and meditate. Just say, wow, that's, that's true. I remember when you read John chapter 12, verse 27 and on, there's a voice that came from heaven and said, this is my beloved son. And the people surrounding Jesus that heard the voice, one said, an angel spoke, the other say, a thunder. And Jesus says, this voice didn't come because of me, it came because of you. So you'll know that you don't hear God clearly. I heard my father say, I am a beloved son. You heard a thunder and you thought an angel spoke, but you couldn't define what God really spoke. And then he said, now the prince of this world is judged. That word prince is archon in the Greek, which means somebody that dominates, that takes control of you. And wants you to listen to what they have to say, not what God has to say. Are we here? You guys okay? All right, let's try to get into the message. In Matthew 10, verse 41, it says, He that receiveth a prophet in the name of the prophet shall receive a reward, or the prophet's reward. In other words, the word that the prophet speaks when it's received, it brings a reward. Why? Because what he spoke has to bring reward. Are you hearing me? This is very important. God is saying, listen, the more sure word of prophecy which is a word that comes from the mouth of Christ, is to reward you, not to condemn you or accuse you. Look, I'm a giver. I love giving God. My wife and I, we're givers. We, we don't give 10%. You hear what I'm saying? We give offerings, which is abundant, beyond the 10%. We love giving God. But how about if I don't have a job? Do I have to steal or I feel condemned because somebody decided to tell me you're under a curse? Are you hearing me? We're givers. We're supposed to give God in abundance. But what happens if I can't? Lord, you're not giving God. That's why you're losing so much. I don't have to give God. Are you guys hearing me? This is important. I, I, I want to be able to open up. That I'm not misjudged by you guys. I want to be able to teach you truth where you can be a, a giver. Do you understand? God so loved the world that he gave. If I can reveal, remove the veil and show you how much he loves you, then in return, 
you'll start giving because he loves you. That's why the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Because he gives, so he wants you to give cheerfully. So, because he loves them. He loves a cheerful giver. So what he does, since I love, I have to give you a return for what you're doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's so easy to understand scripture, but so difficult when man get in the way. Because man try to interpret God and God is only, listen, I said this once before. I believe I said it here or somewhere else, but there are many men that wrote the constitution. They're not here today. And we're still trying to interpret what these men said. They died. Did you not know that Jesus knew that? And he says, I'm going to die. But I'm going to send you another comforter. And he's going to reveal and lead you to the truth that I spoke. Because nobody's going to misinterpret what I say if he's led by the Spirit. I was invited. So I'm here to speak what God wants you to hear. Let me get into my message. Psalms 37, 4, quickly. It says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give. Say, Nathan. That's a verb. You guys are paralyzed. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give. That word in the, in the Hebrew is Nathan. You ain't hearing me. Are you guys hearing me? Not Nathan as a noun, Nathan as a verb. He shall give you the desires of your heart. We all need a Nathan. Nathan is my reward. But you need to hear Nathan. The prophet of the house. Are you hearing me? Because you want a reward. I want to be rewarded. I want to be rewarded. When Peter spoke, or Paul, I believe it is, is chapter 13 of Acts, verse 22, he spoke about David. He said that David will do everything that's pleasing to God. And I, I love that word, the word will, because that word is telema. Telema in the Greek originally means, I want you to hear this, Desire, it comes from the root word, what I have in mind. And it says that David, he said, which shall fulfill all my will. God said, in other words, David will fulfill all my will. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 10, watch this. It says, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. But what? His will, the same word. So God is saying, in other words, I want you to see this. I want my will, my, what I have in mind for you to be manifested here on earth. That's what God is saying. Okay, you got to get this. This is very, very important. And try to comprehend. Like I said, as a teacher, I like teaching and breaking down scriptures. So I'm not trying to confuse you. I just want you to try to receive what God has in store for you. What he has in store for Pastor Mike is different than what he has in store for, uh, what is your name again? Brian. Do you understand? You just got to be attentive because God wants to deposit a word into your spirit today. Now watch this. And when I read 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 13, it talks about Nathan going to David. And we think that Nathan went to David to tell David, listen, you sin against God. And you should burn in hell. Because you didn't give God today. Or because you didn't do this, you didn't come to church early. Or because you didn't fast or pray. Or because you sin. But in reality, that's not what it's saying. It says your sin hath been forgiven. 
the Nathan that came into the life of David came to tell David, in, or, in order for you to prosper in life, you have to accept the forgiveness that God's given you. In other words, David appealed to a covenant not in his time. He appealed to the covenant that you and I should be appealing to. Are you guys hearing me? God wants us to understand that we've been forgiven and there's a Nathan that comes into our life not to condemn or accuse you, but to tell you, son, you've been forgiven. Because if not, David wouldn't gain nothing in life. The life of David changed. When you read Psalms 51, you realize David said, listen, you don't want sacrifice. If you wanted them, I'll give them to you. But you just want a spirit that's willing to serve you. That's willing to say, forgive me, Father. Do you understand? That's all God wanted. God just wants a spirit that's willing, a contrite spirit. I will not reject. David said, I could have gave you offerings. I could have gave you sacrifices that's what, if that's what you want. But I know you. I know who you are because when Nathan came into my life as the prophet, he said, you've been forgiven. So I appealed to another covenant. That's not the covenant in my time. Why do you think David is the only man in the Old Testament, the only king, prophet, and priest? He's the only king, prophet, and priest in the Old Testament. Jesus came from the lineage of Jeremiah. David, are you hearing me? So we must listen to Jesus because he's the Nathan in the life. Listen. Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you. He's saying, I'm giving you the verb, means give. Nathan, as a noun, means giver. Oh, you ain't hearing me. So the giver is here to speak to you so you can receive what's freely given. Forgiveness. Are you hearing me? God forgave you that way you can prosper in life. If you feel condemned, accused because of your past life, you ain't gain, getting nowhere. Are you hearing me? God wants us to prosper in life, people. You know, God, when I learned that I was forgiven, I didn't go back before God constantly crying. I still remember what I did to my wife. Listen, it's over. It's over. I forgot about it. That's it. I'm moving forward. Why am I going to be dragging something from the past that doesn't let me gain in life my desire? Yes. Jeremiah 29, 11 is a verse that we all know. I know the thoughts I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you the expected end. Now God in Isaiah 46, 10, the Bible says God reveals the end, end, the same word, from the beginning. The problem is we go to the beginning, the book of Genesis, thinking that God's revealing the end from the beginning. But Genesis means only the beginning of creation. But in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was a word. <laughs> Who was the word? Jesus. So Jesus is your beginning that's going to reveal your end, which is expected. It's a good end. The end that God has in store for us is a good end. Are you guys hearing me? It's a good end. God has nothing bad, evil for us. I told you last time I ministered in this place, I said, there's a gospel called the gospel of immortality. Immortality means you don't die. But we're dying. Why are we dying? Because we're preaching another gospel. There's a gospel called the gospel of immortality. You don't believe me? You want the verse? Go to Timothy chapter 1 verse 10. It's there. The gospel of immortality. We're preaching a gospel like if you guys were mortal. You're not mortal. You're immortal. The gospel brings out immortality in you so you can live. But we're dying, we're being consumed only because 
wrong gospel is being preached. You guys got to stick to your church and stop jumping and hopping and listening to the preachers. There's only one message. There's only one angel in this house. You have to follow the angel of the house. I tell the people constantly, how many angels do you have? He spoke to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, and he says, to the angel of the church. Can I give you a little revelation? We'll wrap it up. I'm going to just drop this. Can I drop this? Let me give you just a simple revelation that I think is so powerful. If you can take him to John chapter 5, verse 7. I want to show you something that's so key. Because we all have angels in our lives. And some of us have more than one. Apostle Delgado is the angel in this house. Pastor Junior and his wife, they're angels in this house. The rest are ministers in this house. And we have to respect and honor that. And I'm not here trying to accumulate points, people. But I'm teaching you the Bible, the truth. And I need you to hear this. I always said it. I was pastoring I Am Church. And I told the church publicly who was my pastor. And I have part of my family here. Part. You'll see them soon all here. I want you to see this for a minute. The impotent man, this is the pool of Bethesda. You got to get this. The impotent man answered him, who Jesus, sir, I have no man when the water's trouble. Say trouble. trouble. That word trouble is interesting. You know what that word trouble means? Agitated. Stirred up. So what happens if you look in the water while it's stirred? Can you see your image? To put me into the pool, while, but while I'm coming, I am coming another steps down before me. Now, I'm going to leave that verse a minute, and I'm going to just speak about the context. The context is speaking about an angel that came once a year and stirred the waters in the pool. Right or wrong? We all believe that there's a little angel that came from heaven, stirred the water, and stepped back and said, let me see who makes it. That's not what it means. When you study the history of this, the angel was the man that stood on the second story. It was a second story building, and he stood on the top, and when he sacrificed the, the, the animals, what he did is he shed the blood, and it came down a canal into that pool. So when the blood was coming down, he'll scream, the blood. Who spoke? The angel. So when the angel stirred the water, because he's. So this angel was stirring, agitating the water so only one person can receive once a year. So they couldn't see the image, their own image in the pool. In Galatians chapter 1, can you take me there quickly? Verse 6. I want to read something very important because Paul's making reference to this, but we don't realize he's making reference to this. Now, the word angel means the messenger. It's the same word used in the book of Revelation to every church. Every church, he says, to the angel of the church, says the Lord. I marvel that ye so soon removed him that called you into the grace of Christ unto, say it with me. Say altered. Altered because you're altering the gospel. He says, I marvel that you guys are receiving the Judaizers that are falling behind me and are criticizing and perverting and twisting or agitating what I spoke. And you can't see yourself like Christ sees you. Next verse. 
Next verse quickly, please. Verse 7. Which is not another, but there be some that. The same word. That trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. What's the gospel of Christ? The gospel of immortality. But if I teach you the gospel of mortality, which is the gospel that Moses preached in all the Old Testament. And we know this because Jesus came and the word says clearly that in the Old Testament, man died by faith. The New Testament, Jesus says, the just shall live by faith. And if you don't believe me, you can go back to Hebrew chapter 11, verse 13. It says, and they all died in faith. I don't want to die in faith. Faith is to live because I'm listening to the wrong gospel. I need to listen to the right gospel so I can live. Are you guys hearing me? So here he's talking about an angel. You read the context. He says, if an angel comes and preaches. He's talking about an angel. You read the context. He speaks. He uses the same word angel. Even if an angel comes from heaven, he's not talking about heaven. He's talking about any angel that can manifest himself and reveal to you something that's not really revelation. We call revelation everything we hear from the word. Not everything that we listen to is revelation, people. Not even what I'm preaching to you is revelation. What I preach to you is my revelation. It should be information for you. But information through meditation brings revelation. And revelation then brings renovation, and renovation brings transformation. It's all a process. Oh, I have a revelation. No, you have a revelation. No, you don't have a revelation. That's Ernie's revelation. You need to meditate on it. So it can become a revelation to you. You can start living this out. Because revelation is not what you preach. It's what you live. Nathan, my reward. Well, David was rewarded because Nathan came into his life. And he received what Nathan spoke. And the key is not what Nathan said to him. The key is that at the end, Nathan said, God hath forgiven thy sin. You shall not die. You shall not die. David learned what we need to learn and apply today. We need to appeal to a greater covenant. We're under a new covenant. With new promises and a better high priest. His name is Jesus. That's the only way we're going to live, people. You know, when I preach to the youth and I tell the youth a message similar to this, because I never preach the same thing. They tell me, hey, um, pastor, but um, I don't need that. Of course, because you're young. But I'm sure your mom needs it. At 90 years old. My mom's 90 years old. She walks with my daughter around the block. How about that? But she's learning daily the gospel of immortality. I told her day, I tell my mom constantly, Adam lived 930 years. Why? Because he didn't know how to die. He didn't know death. God had to give him a son named Enos, which means mortal. So he can understand, listen, dude, you're going to die. Because, not because I'm killing you. It's because in your conscience, you feel guilty. And I've been trying to forgive you. But you covered yourself with fig leaves, thinking that your works will save you. I undressed you, covered you up with sheep clothing, because my sheep hear my voice. Adam, if you hear my voice, you will not die. The problem is we're not hearing the voice of Jesus, people. I'm going to wrap it up there, because too much information is not good. <laughs> 